This is the Best of the Adam Gold Show podcast, brought to you by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. How are you? I am Adam Gold. It's Graham. Graham's here. Mr. Gold, how are we doing today? You're not Victoria. I mean, I can be. Try. For the sake of the listeners. No, no, it's fine. Uh, it's nice to see you. Happy Manic Monday. Is that what, is that what this is? Oh, speaking of Manic Monday, um, who did that song? It wasn't Dolly Parton. No, it wasn't She Dolly. does 9 to 5. I, I, I'm thinking of work songs. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you might as well go ahead and right. tell the listeners we the are. theme that we have for today. So, in honor of Thanksgiving, we're going to ignore Thanksgiving because there isn't anybody that pays any attention to Thanksgiving. As a matter of fact, I saw plenty of Christmas uh, decorations during October. We didn't even get to Halloween yet. We got Christmas decorations. So, in honor of the Thanksgiving season, we're going to ignore probably the best of all the holidays. Okay. Thanksgiving. Because Thanksgiving is about two things and two things only. It's about feeding yourself to death. And it's about sports. Football. Most cases, football. But you can do anything. Hurricanes have a hockey game Wednesday, a hockey game Friday, a hockey game Sunday. There's always a hockey game. And they're all home. If you're a hockey fan, if you're a Hurricanes fan, boom, boom. Are they all home? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Through Sunday. Yeah. Wednesday. Yeah. Wednesday's the five-game homestand. There's been so much time in between these home games that I forget how many games we've had. We've only had two of the home games so far. So Wednesday, Edmonton. Friday, Tampa. Two nice games if you're a Hurricanes fan. And then on uh, Sunday, it's Columbus. So we've got all of that. We're very excited. We've got tons of stuff. Uh, two Hurricanes played great on Saturday. So you've got food and football and other sports as well. And that's what we're about. That's what, that's what great, what's great about the holiday. So why do we ignore it? Beats me. We just, we just move on. I love Christmas. Trust me, I love. We this. all do. My kid loves it. I love the song "Last Christmas" by Wham as much as the next girl. Ooh. But we Thanksgiving, <laughs> you gotta appreciate it. Okay, so you alluded to it. So here's what we're doing. I don't even know if you can even buy albums anymore. I don't know. I mean, I I get all my music off Apple Music. My son gets all of his music off Spotify. So, I don't know. Can you buy an album and give it to somebody for the holidays? You can still buy vinyls. Okay, yeah. But can you buy a CD anymore? I don't even know. Can you buy a cassette? Yeah. Tweet me the last time you saw a CD in a Best Buy. Uh, I can't remember, honestly. Yeah, I can't remember. You can still buy CDs, I think, in a Barnes & Noble. Whatever. Um, But I'm giving you an idea for a holiday gift today. Dolly Parton has a rock album. I, I'm, I'm really at a loss for words. She does rock covers. Some of it with the artist who made the song popular. And some of it with other people. She's, she redoes Stairway to Heaven with Lizzo. I kid you not. So we're going to sample... From Dolly Parton's rock album. It's called Rockstar. And honestly, I'll just say it right off the bat. 
It's going to win a Grammy. Wow. But it might be in the comedy category. <laughs> like, some of the songs are legitimately good, and some of the songs you go, ooh, no, not a good idea. Just not a good idea. So we're going to give you a little bit of a cross-sampling of it throughout the program today. Let's my see if it, let's my see little it, gift to you. Let's see if it lives up to Islands in the Stream, her song with Kenny Rogers. Favorite Dolly Parton song. Oh, favorite Dolly Parton song is Jolene. Gosh, there's no second place. There's no second place. That's fair. I just like to be different. Right, no. Look, those Islands in the Stream and 9 to 5, those were popular, uh, you know, AM radio songs, and uh, 9 to 5 is a popular movie uh, with, what, Lily Tomlin and Jane Fonda, I believe. But Jolene is a legit, legit song. So, all right. Uh, a lot of things to do, but we will be sampling from the Dolly Parton album uh, throughout the program. Will Brinson's going to love it when he joins us in about 15 minutes. All right, let's go. Oh, you know where we're going to start. Yes. It was another one of those difficult road games for the Carolina Panthers this weekend, except this one was at home. I can't t- I can't decide. First of all, none of it was surprising, right? It was not surprising at all to see Dallas Cowboys fans en masse at Bank of America Stadium. If you were surprised by it, angered by it, whatever, you haven't been paying attention to two things. One, when the Panthers aren't good and we're used to it now, six years in a row of a losing record. When the Panthers aren't good... By the time we get to this point in the season, their fans do not show up. Ain't going. They don't care. Apathy has set in. And even if they were good, if the Dallas Cowboys are in town, like if the Pittsburgh Steelers are in town, those fans are in the building anyway. But now, because there were so few Panthers fans there, it just made it look worse. And it sounded worse. I can't decide if if it was a worse look or... The fact that Frank Reich planned, planned for, to use a silent count. Yeah. To me, that's sort of admitted to, admitted to defeat right there. Well, yeah, but they did. That's what they were doing. They were, they knew what it was going to be like. So they knew going in that their fans were not going to show and that Dallas fans were going to be there in mass. And by the way, those Dallas fans probably live in Charlotte. It's just like. When we see Rangers fans here at Hurricanes games or Penguins fans here or Bruins fans here, they live here. They live in Cary or Apex. They're here. So, but it was, it sounded, it sounded, it sounded very bad. Uh, look, by the, so by this time, nobody should be surprised that the Panthers lost, especially to a good team. Uh, that, honestly, Dallas, I don't know how good they are, but I think they're good enough to spike the playoff punch ball. I, they, are, they are more than capable of winning a good game against a great team because they have enough quality to do it. I don't think they're good enough to win two of those, but I think they can win one of those games. They'd have to catch a break in the other, but they're going to come out of the wild card, I think. But then again, I think their schedule remaining is easier than Philadelphia's. So maybe, who knows, they win the division. 
Going to have to beat Philadelphia to do that. Anyway, uh, Frank Reich on the loss. Difficult loss. Um, you know, give the Cowboys credit. Um, they played well. They're a good football team. I did think, you know, for three quarters, you know, we hung in there. In the third quarter, we went down and had that long drive and scored and got it to a one-score game. And, uh, you know, felt like in spite of the fact that we had, you know, a few mistakes along the road, um, you know, the game was well within grasp there when we got it to 17 to 10. Um, but we weren't able to hang in from there. And, uh, and then it got out of control, obviously, with the turnovers. Yeah, uh, it was. I mean, all of that was true. Um, I'm going to give you some bright side here. Panthers fans, bright side. There was progress in the game. What? Progress? Yeah, there was progress. Not a lot. But the Panthers actually ran the ball in the first half. They ran the ball effectively in the first half. They also committed, what, Seven penalties. Five penalties for 70 yards in the first half or something like that. Maybe it was that that was in the first quarter. I don't know. Uh, But they ran the ball. They gave themselves a chance by running the ball in the first half at 80-some-odd yards rushing by halftime. Now, they only had about 190 total yards for the game, Um, and that, I think, is before they subtract the sack yardage. So that's a problem. Anyway, but they ran the ball in the first half, and they should be uh, they should be excited about that. But all of that running only added up to three points for the head coach. No doubt. I mean, this game is right. I mean, you're exactly right. It's always about points. Um, we know that. That's the test for us as an offense. Um, that's a very good defense. You know, we knew coming in statistically in every way, shape, and form. Um, that's a very talented defense. I thought we ran the ball and dominated up front. That showed a lot of good stuff against a very good team. Um, I, we, we dominated at the line of scrimmage in the first half. There's just no two ways about it. That's what we did. Um, that's on tape. Um, but what we didn't do was we didn't score points. So, um, you know, we got to be able to, we got to be able to convert. When we're running at six yards of carry and our O-line is blocking up front on the run as well as we're blocking, those those things got to get converted into touchdowns. Yeah. I mean, can't say it any better, right? Uh, seven sacks yesterday. Seven sacks. 20 in the last four games. And it's really just one of about a dozen reasons why this team is probably not going to win another game. Uh, here's Bryce Young on the pressure and how that disrupts everything. Yeah, um, really good defense, really good defensive front, like you said. Um, you know, obviously it's it's not the, um, you know, it, it, it's tough, but that, that's no excuse. Um, you know, there's things that I definitely can do better, um, you know, things that, um, you know, as an offense, you know, again, yeah, that's a that, that's a really good defense. But, we, you know, we're striving, pushing to be, you know, we, we want to be a great offense. Um, obviously, we know we, we have a, a ways to go. We have to keep building. We have to earn that right. Um, but, you know, it's NFL. Um, we're competitors. Um, you know, there's there's no excuse. Um, you know, first and foremost, again, I have to have to be better regardless of, of, of what's going on around me. I have to be able to control what I can control, make sure we're managing stuff, make sure that, um, you know, still try to find positives. Um, and, again, we all take that, that mindset as a unit. Um, so, um, you know, obviously we, we want to make sure that you know, there's, there's going to be great, great, great units. There's going to be great players against NFL. Um, you know, there, there's always going to be something good on the other side of the ball, um, you know, that we can't, um, can't let that hinder our execution. Um, so we have to improve on that. Uh, I'm telling you, Young 
Young is the real thing. He's going to be a really good quarterback, and his teammates have his back. Here's Brian Burns. He handles it well. Uh, you don't ever really see Bryce crack a fall. Um, and, I, you know what I'm saying, I respect him for that. Uh, you know, a lot of guys will fall under his pressure, especially the pressure he's under. Um, hell, I don't want that pressure. You feel me? So uh, I definitely respect him for how he's handling certain things. It is not easy be, to be put in the position of Bryce Young. And this, what I mean by that is he has zero help on offense. None. He's not getting help from the coaching staff. He's not getting help from personnel other than Adam Thielen. There isn't a player on that offense that will be on this roster probably three years from now when this team at the earliest can be good. I, I shouldn't say not on the roster. They'll have a couple of players on the roster. I hope Iki Aquanu is on the roster. But I don't think anybody else is good enough to be on a good team. Zero. Adam Thielen will be retired by then. Everybody else on this team isn't good enough. They are giving Bryce Young zero help. Zero. Uh, let's get uh, one quick thing in here before we uh, uh, take a break and then come back with Will Brinson. Hurricanes had their latest, it looked like the real Hurricanes thing Saturday night. Uh, PNC Arena, they beat the Penguins 4-2. Like last Saturday in Tampa when it looked like the Hurricanes, but it didn't against the Flyers on Wednesday, the Canes did it for 60 minutes. Of course, it won't matter if you don't do it for 60 minutes again on Wednesday against the Edmonton Oilers. Rod Brindamore on what he saw. Both teams played really hard, and you know I loved their game. You know we didn't have any lulls in it. We could have easily dropped their head when you know we get a goal that's called back, that's an inch offside. There's is it offside, not offside. No one really knows. Kind of a weird play, great play by them, but it was you know is it a tag up? I don't know. So close, um, and that happened within a matter of you know a couple of minutes. So um, yeah, it was a great game. It was. And Pittsburgh played well, too, right? Carolina gave up the first goal to the Penguins. I thought Carolina was the better team in the first period, uh, but Pittsburgh made a push and got the first goal, and it was one nothing. And it wasn't until, what, I guess like midway through the second when Carolina tied it, like you thought. And it reminded me a little bit of the Seattle game where Carolina got off to a really slow start. Or no, maybe it was Sanders, whatever it was. Been so many games since Carolina's conceded the first goal. 11 of 17 games, the Hurricanes have given up the first goal. But Carolina's top line, Sebastian Ajo, Seth Jarvis, and Tavo Teravainen, drew the Sidney Crosby line pretty much all night long. And the Ajo line was maybe Carolina's best, and that had to be good for Rod Brindamore. Tonight you could tell he, you know, he was, but you know that whole line was good. Turbo had a really good game. Like he was engaged, and you know it's funny. I looked at the stat sheet this morning, first time in a while, but he, he had like one assist. That's like that's, and then I'm like, how does that happen? And then you see tonight, that's made a heck of a pass on that goal. So, um, and then Jarby, like you mentioned already, so they they were really good. Obviously, tough matchup. I mean, they were good. Crosby's line was great. I mean, he got a couple goals, and he was all around it, too. But I thought our, our guys did a great job on him. They were great. That line, I mean, honestly, Ajo, Jarvis, and Teravainen was great. The Teravainen passed to Ajo for the goal that made it 
uh, 1-1 was phenomenal. Un- just no look, quick touch right where it needed to be. And that, hey, there's Tavo. There's the Tavo Teravainen that we all love. By the way, speaking of love, Auntie Ranta on home ice as a hurricane at PNC Arena. 25-2-2. What? 25-2-2, 9-22 save percentage uh, with the Canes on home ice. And how about this? In the playoffs, 8-3 in the postseason at PNC Arena with a 9-41 save percentage. Maybe he just starts all the home games. I don't know. Career-driven individuals ready to unlock your potential? Discover William Peace University's School of Professional Studies. Our classes are tailored for the working professional. Attend class on your terms with our online sessions and choose from various start dates throughout the year. Dive into a curriculum designed for success. Every class is a stepping stone that takes you closer to your career goals. Take one or more classes. It's in your hands. Elevate your career with William Peace University's School of Professional Studies. Dive deeper at williampeace.info slash SPS. Your journey begins here.